Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Leech Report Radio Network presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call 859 859- 280-2287, Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White at Clark's alongside intern Jake Bow on the big boards back at the iHeartRadio studios, giving all the good intro, outro music, appreciate all of his hard work, and Larry Vaught with us on the phone line. As always, uh, caller Al ended the last um, hour asking a question about what made has made the biggest impact in college sports, specifically uh, collegiate basketball, um, just a big picture. What has changed this, the the sport the most? The one and done era, NIL, or the transfer portal opening up uh, into basically what has become the wild, wild west? Uh, Anthony, I want to get your thoughts on that. What, um, what what do you think has been the biggest influencer of um, I guess the the changing of I guess the whole dynamic of the sport? Uh, I say transfer portal, but I don't think you actually can put NIL and transfer portal. I don't think you can really separate the two. I think they kind of go hand-to-hand in most cases. But the portal itself, as uh, we talked off air, the portal, and I know it's changing the game, and, I've, and I didn't expect it to go this way. I do like the fact that uh, players can be accountable for their future, and I think they got as much at stake as the, the coaches and the administration does. One power, power miss misuse one way whether the coach having too much power the administration having too much power or the player having too much power i don't think it works i think it has to be a balance which we may or may never get to but i do say the portal because there was a for a long time he al asked when him and larry were watching football or when him and larry first started watching sports and guys had leather helmets and whatnot (laughs) if the coach if the coach was mad mad at the player you're going to sit on the bench for your next three years now you're supposed to get the guy fixed up, you know, whatever the problem is, get him situated, and he should be able to contribute some way to the team. But I've seen tons of players get in the doghouse and you you just relegated to the bench. Now with the transfer portal, you don't get to make me sit on the bench. If I cannot play for you, I can go somewhere else and play for somebody else. So I think that's cool because for years there were if if a coach didn't you didn't fit their system or a coach is mad at you. You just had to become a student. They call it a student athlete. But when you're sit to the bench, all you're doing is working out, going to practice, scout, scout team or practice or yeah, scout team, and going to class. So, I say portal. 
Larry, uh, I know y- your thoughts. You've had strong opinions about both NIL, and uh, I'm sure back in the day you had thoughts on one and done as well. Probably, you, might, you might still, but uh, what of those three uh, options do you think has changed the game of college basketball the most? Really good question, and I think I, I think one and done changed it the least because there were fewer people involved with that. They're just, I mean, not everybody could be a one and done guy, and and it did impact it in in a pretty significant way when it when it happened with the guys that were one and done. But it's still they're just not as many. I, I'm, I'm with Anthony. It's either got to got to be the transfer portal or the NIL and. I guess if you're talking just college basketball, I would probably agree with with Anthony with the transfer portal. Even though, again, part of me though goes back and says I think it may be the NIL because I'm just not sure I understand everything about NIL, and I think it's impacting things a lot more than what I even totally understand. Even just like talking to some softball players and, and stuff that have, have told me some things that are available now that were never there. So I, I, for me, it's kind of a hard call, but just from the sheer numbers that we know for a fact what's going on with the transfer portal, I would probably go along with Anthony on that, even though I'm guessing that if I knew the truth about NIL, has any way of really knowing, <laughs> I, might, I might switch over and go NIL, but where NIL is all just so speculative because there's no way to really verify anything because it behooves everybody to lie and exaggerate so we don't know what's true but the the transfer portal numbers don't lie so i'll go ahead and go with anthony on that and larry if you ever ask that question again this is one thing i want you to take in consideration so it's hopefully it's to keep you on my side nil has always been around larry just you are right. You are right about that, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I guess it's the fine line of, you know, getting letting ki- kids brand themselves and make money for themselves in the legal way. In a like, hey, I'm going to do this photo shoot because I have established my brand as a University of Kentucky student athlete, and I make X number of dollars. Basically, no different if Larry were to go down the street and go get. Uh, his own sponsorship deal with somewhere, or you know, whatever the case is, Anthony White, uh, you know, as a media member, th- those sorts of things. I-, I guess where those lines have crossed and where NIL has very clearly surpassed any damage that the transfer portal is doing, just from a yeah, the immediate gratification of uh, oh, I, things aren't going well at this past school. I need to go find uh, the grass, all, uh, the greener grass elsewhere. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing. But now that we're in the era of kids basically having a handout of I am worth X number of dollars pay me this or I'm not even going to consider your school. Uh, it, I mean it has just become pay for play uh, basically to a T since then so that part's the frustrating uh, part and, and definitely where uh, uh, I'm definitely not a big fan of it. It looks like we have a caller on the line uh, we have Chiwu. Let's go to Chiwu. Hey good morning guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, hey I want to Shout out y'all's producer. Um, I was listening at the beginning, taking the kids to church, and um, I was I heard you. Uh, I think going in or coming out of uh, right before Coach Lawson, uh, Lou Rawls. It's springtime again, and that's a jam. But he's from Chicago, and that reminded <laughs> me of a question that I had. So for you, Larry, um, Dan Issel, Antoine Walker, Nazi Muhammad, 
and Anthony Davis. I think all of them won professional championships. Uh, Dennis won his in the ABA, but the others in the NBA. I was wondering uh, if you could, you know, give some thoughts on on those four big guys uh, from Chicago land. Um, Anthony, I had a question for you uh, regarding the football team. Um, two questions, actually. What is it about running backs in the NFL that, I mean, like, Bijan Robinson, I think, is, is from Texas, and he's projected as probably the best player in the draft coming out. He won't go, you know, in the top 10, probably 15 even. But then you, you have a Chris, you know, a C-Rod who's pretty accomplished. Without, you know, he hasn't won championships, but he's pretty accomplished. What separates those in the professional ranks? And then also, uh, how is UK's special teams looking this year? I, I probably haven't heard much about that. And then the last question I would have is John Calipari, you know, kind of reinvented how things were done with the one and done, and, and UK was the, the big thing. I remember when Rick Pitino had um, Coach Matt Maddox on, on his uh, coaching staff, and I wonder if, if Calipari ever left with, with, um, with Barnhart, you know, he would make um, – my Chicago Bulls coach uh, from Florida, University of Florida, he, he would make them say no, I get that, probably ask a couple of other coaches, but would he ever consider calling Dawn Staley uh, to, to see what she, her interest might be in coaching the, the men's team and, you know, re, rewriting history again with the University of Kentucky men's basketball squad. And last thing, Title Nine. If y'all think about what this uh, this uh, women's championship game this year wasn't it a year ago or two years ago when they when uh, some kids showed you know one of the women's players showed the discrepancies between the the work the weight facilities and the workout facilities during the NCAA tournament versus the men's and how much that that has changed and I think Title Nine has you know it's it hasn't changed the game as much but it has leveled the playing field for the women's side of the sport. And then uh, shout-out to Ed O'Bannon, who back in 2009 sued the NCAA for his name, image, and likeness rights. Y'all uh, have a great week ahead, and I'll catch you another time. Cheers. Appreciate you, Chi. A lot of stuff there. Um, I guess, Anthony, we'll start with you and the, the football topics. Um, I remember he asked specifically about the special teams and, couple other things to address so what have you heard about um how the special teams are looking and anything that needs to get get addressed uh, as we kind of get into the meat of the offseason no uh uh Stoops kind of seems as if we still have may have some of those issues we had inconsistency he doesn't seem sold on our kicking game at this point uh there's also it seems to be which i think is uh some protection issues up front as well as the understanding of the scheme, I don't know if they're changing it with the new uh, with the new special teams coach. If they're just changing that, but what I've gotten just from listening, there's not not been a huge discussion. Like the coaches I talk to don't really talk about special teams because it's not their things. But uh, Stoops continues to say, you know, there's some things we got to work on. We got to iron some things out, and that ain't that's not really convincing. And especially after coming off of last year's with the uh, the, the miscalculation of snaps. Uh, sometimes it was kicker's fault, sometimes protection's fault, sometimes it's snap fault. Uh, it sounds like a lot of those things are still, still lingered around. Uh, I I don't know. Like, a lot of the problems we had last year lingered around all season long, 
and through this spring, a lot of those problems still seem to be there on on all those on all those uh, aspects. So special teams wise, haven't heard much, but Stoops doesn't seem convinced. I, I think it's going to be a work in progress going into the season. Uh, Larry uh, Chiwu asked if Cal left, uh, would Mitch Barnhart? Uh, Mitch Barnhart would obviously make Billy Donovan a, a top, you know, his, his coaching priorities, um, but also brought up Don Staley. Uh, do you think that that is a possibility, the South Carolina women's basketball coach? No, because I don't think uh, Mitch Barnhart would break that news with me like Rick Pitino did when he hired Bernadette Maddox. So I'm going to vote no against that. But I, I, I don't know if you knew that or not, Jack, that I was the one that Rick Pitino first told that he was going to hire Bernadette. I'm sitting out here at a U.K. alumni meeting in the Danville Country Club when he told me that. And uh, I never have, have forgot that. But, no, I, I can't see Mitch going that way at all when that happens. He'll, he'll, hopefully he'll have a lot of names to look at, but I don't think he would do with Don. And I don't really know how Don would do coaching men's basketball at Kentucky. She might be – might not be the best fit for her. Yeah, and I don't think the uh, the conversation would get much further than, uh, unfortunately, Scott Drew, uh, Baylor head coach. I know that Mitch Barnhart is a huge, huge, huge fan of Scott Drew, and uh, I know Scott likes Kentucky as well, and I, I think that would be the first, second, and third call for uh, for Mitch Barnhart, and then things would kind of go from there to see what the other options are. See, I think you'd have to start at the top of the list with guys like Brad Stevens, Jay Wright, you know, uh, Billy Donovan, those names. But in terms of realistic options of guys that are, you know, would be excited to come and ready to, to commit to that, like, immediately, uh, I think Scott Drew is definitely at the top of that list. Larry, what do you think of that possibility uh, should Scott Drew be kind of the uh, shoe-in for the, the favorite for replacing Cal? Eh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because it, it could have a lot to do with the uh, timing of when John Calipari decides to step away because of a year ago some of the people that would have seemed like would have been right on the top of the list, they've had a few things go on in their life in the last year. So I, I think it's hard to know. Timing is kind of everything. And I think it'll be impossible to find a coach that would seem to be as good a fit as John Calipari was when he got the job. I don't think whoever they hire will look like on paper be as good a fit. It's still perplexing to me how they didn't hire John Calipari the first time when they hired Billy Gillespie when John would have liked to have had the job then and basically just got ignored by Mitch Barnhart. But I don't think whoever they hire will – his resume will look near as appealing – Coming in is what John Calipari's looked at the time he came to Kentucky. Yeah, it's a t- that, that's a tough one, and I know uh, you know Kentucky fans have their dream list of different guys, and uh, like you said, uh, Nate Oates at one point was the guy that everybody wanted. Uh, Chris Beard, I mean, there's there are a lot of guys that had basically everything that Kentucky fans were looking for, and over the course of this past year, uh, that that is not the case any longer. So uh, definitely interesting to see how, how it goes. I, I'm uh, certainly we'll see. We, we will see. It's very, very interesting. we got to hit a break. Uh, more on that after this. You're listening to Stockyards Bank's Sunday Morning Sports Talk on News Radio 630 WLAP.
Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us call 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White and Larry Vaught. Uh, brought up a couple uh, football questions. I did want to add, uh, Anthony, the transfer portal is now open for the, I guess, the spring window for football. Uh, we got our first two announcements from Kentucky players' uh, departures. Uh, Andre Stewart hit the portal yesterday, as did Vito Tisdale, which Vito, obviously, uh, in a circumstance of his own as he was um, released from the football roster and, and has to go look for his options elsewhere. But Andre Stewart, the first, you know, kind of spring cleaning announcement, if you will. Um, I guess what are you expecting uh, from from Mark Stoops' group this spring, guys who could potentially leave the program and what they're going to be looking for with guys coming in? I think we could get some depth. We could use some depth at receiver, although it sounds like they're happy with, they're very happy with, with uh, Anthony Brown. And uh, Mikael is supposed to be coming around. I hear Mix say I think he's probably just now getting back into the groove after his injury. I know he did play some last year, but uh, I think they're kind of happy. So they, they have a couple viable ones, but. Anthony Brown is not proven. He's going to be a dog by the time he's done here. And DeKell has been working a little bit. So I think we could use another receiver. I'm, if we could find a surefire uh, tackle in the, uh, in, in the portal, I think we'll be good. Uh, Cox does seem to be doing pretty good at the left tackle. Flax is back at the right. I, I do. If we could find one, I just think if you're an offense lineman leaving a portal this late, or get in the, in the portal this late, there's probably a reason you're in the portal. Like the, the guys you're naming that's leaving Kentucky, probably in the portal for a reason. Whether it's a bonehead decision you made or you just didn't break the lineup. It's, it's, I don't know if that's anything we want to take in. Uh, running backs, I think we're fine. Tight ends, we're fine. Quarterback, we're fine. Defensive line is probably our most solid position on the – defensive line is probably our most solid position going two and probably three deep at that position. Uh, nah, that's over Dan, and that's over Devin Leary just because I think so much of what he's going to do uh, depends on the offensive line. Linebacker, we could use a surefire hit there because with Keaton and Thrower, with uh, Wade and Thrower back, we got a little – the only other the spots I really think we could use help would be receiver – and corner, and if we can find a good linebacker. I guess we'll see. I, I know for certain that uh, they have their uh, eyes peeled for one kind of standout tackle in the portal that are waiting and uh, could be pouncing on that at some point in the very near future once uh, things open up a little bit more. Very much looking forward to that and getting your na- analysis on that. When that pops, Anthony will be back right after this. You'll listen to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk, presented by the Leach Report Radio Network on 630 WLAP. Buzzing around your hive. Well, I'm a king, baby. Welcome back, Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sports Talk Live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday morning sports talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White and Larry Vaught. Uh, we're talking a little transfer portal, uh, roster decisions, uh, switching sports, but crankbait asks, uh, Jack, do you have any Oscar news to share with the BBN? Um, no, I, I don't have any news. I, I guess I'll just say that his mindset right now is that he does want to go pro and would, would if the right opportunity for himself presents itself to go pro, uh, that's going to be his goal. Um, I think there's an understanding that he's not going to be a first-round pick. He's probably not going to receive a, a lucrative guarantee or anything like that. Uh, but if, if, you know, a, a two-way deal, a, a, a pretty – solid position for him presents itself where he can kind of carve his way uh, into a roster spot spot and kind of earn his way into the league. I think that's something that he could be uh, open toward, but if the feedback, and this is what I've heard unfortunately, if the feedback is more negative than I think he was expecting, I've heard that it's not great right now. I think the defensive flaws and liabilities on that end have really kind of hurt uh, his stock. That, that he's going to have to just kind of just explore a return to college basketball and just what, uh, you know, what that would entail. I was told earlier on that uh, those around him explored the transfer portal, how much money he'd be able to make through NIL, through the portal. And I think there's an understanding on his side that he just ain't going to get that anywhere else but Kentucky because the, the flair of being a former uh, national player of the year, the reigning national player of the year, the buzz that kind of came from last offseason. Had he hit the portal last offseason, he would have made, I mean, just name the price. But uh, this one's a little bit different because, as we said, the flaws kind of got exposed a little bit. Um, not the desired commodity that he might have been last offseason. So I think there's just kind of an understanding that even though the NIL money is going to be spread out further here with DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham and Justin Edwards and Aaron Bradshaw, Reed Shepard even, I mean, he's going to make a fortune with NIL. It's going to be spread out wider, but he's still Oscar Sheboy, and he's still going to make a lot of money, uh, more more than he'd make anywhere else. So uh, I think it's going to be between – what he wants to do with going pro if, if the right opportunity presents itself, but if, if he can't get a nice de- uh, deal, guarantee, anything like that, uh, I think coming back to Kentucky is very much on the table. Uh, Larry, what do you think of that possibility and I guess the kind of log jam potentially that we could see down in the, in the front court? I know there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Bradshaw playing the four or even the three, which I completely disagree with, but um, you're going to have to get creative if you, if you have three – uh, kind of true center, you know, two seven-footers and an Oscar Sheboy who is clearly a, a can't play anything but the five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be creative is the, is the right word for it, Jack. But I think that 
didn't John Calipari say on his last radio show he was going to play two seven footers next season? And that was a recruiting that was a recruiting pitch for both Aaron Bradshaw and Ugo to just kind of explain oh. how are we going to make that work and. That is the idea right now, but if you throw an Oscar Sheepway into the mix, um, well. <laughs> so so you think he maybe wasn't telling the exact truth then? Well, I, okay, look, if, if Aaron Bradshaw is going to work at Kentucky, and I think he will, he has to be utilized the, the way his talents uh, you know suggest he can't be a back to the like if they try to use him the way they tried earlier on with Scalabissier uh, Aaron Bradshaw will fail like you cannot have a guy with a face-up game that he has so look he's he's rail thin 200 205 210 pounds maybe at seven foot one he's not a bruiser down low he's not a back to the basket guy he's going to get rim running opportunities he's going to you know be a lob threat but if you try to make him a back-to-the-basket center, uh, he, he's going to fail at Kentucky, and that just can't happen. So uh, he really does have gifts uh, as a kind of face-up big and be able to knock down shots all the way out to the three-point line. So, uh, I mean, you got to play him in that face-up role, and I think that is a, at the four. So now it's just kind of an Oscar versus Ugo battle, uh, if you will. But even still, that that's still a, a log jam. I, I think – if, if Oscar comes back, it's going to have to be with no assurances on, on you know, NIL, role, minutes. I mean, we can't, we can't go rewind repeat of what we saw this past year, Larry. I, I'm, I'm very confident in that. If, if Oscar comes back, it's going to have to be on Kentucky's terms. So basically then you're saying you don't think Oscar's coming back, man. Um, well, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a toss up as of right now. Um, I think he wants to go pro, but I don't think he's going to hear what he needs to hear to go pro, if that makes sense. Okay, well, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious he's not going to hear what he wants to hear because at, at best he would probably be a mid-second-round pick unless something dramatically changes. Is that a fair estimation, Jack? I think mid-second-round pick is what would send him out. I think that'd be good news. I think that's that's what he would be wanting to hear because – I mean, shoot, I mean, the second that's, that's second round pick deals, right. second round pick deals. I mean, shoot, like Nick Richards signed a pretty nice little second round deal. Jared Vanderbilt, guys that got selected in the second round. I mean, they're kind of long term, not a ton of money, but I mean, certainly livable money. I mean, it's you know rookie minimum deals, or you can make upward of a million, uh, a little bit more, and then obviously with sponsors, he'll be able to make whatever he wants. Uh, now that he's not a student athlete, so that's you know, that, and that's another part of this. Oscar basically his money is he, 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 untouchable. It's in basically a trust fund until uh, he either goes pro or go you know goes back out of the country, whatever the case is, goes back home. Uh, so that is a path for him as well, where he could go pro and just get all the money that he's made so far at Kentucky, which is a ton. Uh, and then make solid money as a pro and as a second round pick. I think that's ideal for him. And if that's the case, he'll he'll definitely take advantage of that. My concern is he doesn't get drafted. He goes undrafted uh, and kind of becomes a two way kind of guy and and is having to fight for a roster spot. And he's no stranger to fighting. But I don't know. That would be a tougher scenario for him. But second round's not guaranteed money, is it? Or am I wrong about that? It dep- you, it's not on paper a guarantee until a team. You know, most teams they 
uh, it's an undrafted, it's a uh, non-guaranteed deal just b- being drafted, and then they sign, you know, usually they sign you to a four-year or three-year, $4 million contract or something like that. That's usually how it works out. Like, like Nick Richards signed a three-year deal or something shortly after being drafted. So once you're initially drafted, it's not a guarantee, but they work out a guaranteed deal with you after the fact, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and like I say, I just figure until June 1st, you don't need to even worry about it. How are we going to know what's going to happen? So we might as well just worry about things we can control, like how – is Kentucky softball going to get to play against Tennessee today? I don't know what it's like there, but, man, weather's getting rough looking down here in Titletown right now. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, as we talked about to open the show, Anthony and I have like a 10-block walk to get back to our cars. We, we, they might be towed, Anthony. I don't yeah, – I don't. True. I mean, I have no idea. We just kind of went out on a limb. Every, our normal parking spots in front of Clark's uh, were full because of the, the cheerleading event going on. So we might be uh, getting getting a little wet. <laughs> <laughs> don't know about you, but I am not looking forward to that. Oh, well. Why don't? Why doesn't Oscar just go down and play small ball? He's already been player of the year, and you have to come back here and try to fit into a system that may or may not fit into. You're saying going to the NBA. You're talking about the people you named that went to the NBA from Kentucky that were second-rounders had a lot of upside, like athletic, tall, but just hadn't developed in college yet, so they had to take more time to develop. So, so going to the NBA is not going to make him taller. It's not going to make him quicker. Why not just go play small ball in Texas? And I say Texas because Texas got all the money. So you can go to Division Three school. If, if some big hat wants to pay you, hey, partner, come down here and give you three more mil, go take it. Like, why does it have to be at Kentucky if you're not going to be the star and you're not going to get the NIL deal? Shop around. Go to a small school. Go to the – well, I'm only saying Texas because that's the only place I know they got more money than, than money. Yeah. And, they, I mean, they explored that. They, their, their side, absolutely, whether they'll admit that or not, it, the, the portal option was explored just to say, you know, like, like what you said, we made a ton of Kentucky, but, you know, the, the, uh, the appeal of, well, he was the reigning national player of the year and, you know, all that, that, that buzz has died down a little bit. But you telling me – any other college in America wouldn't just trip over themselves for the opportunity to bring in Oscar Shibway and the media frenzy and in a, a positive, you know, all the positive quotes and how uplifting and inspirational and all that stuff. I mean, great role model for kids. And uh, if you're looking for a face of a program, I mean, everybody in college basketball would be looking for an Oscar Shibway. So uh, that's why it was explored. And, uh, you know, I think they just realized that, just what he was able to make this past year at Kentucky will not be topped anywhere else, even if it is a, a su- substantial amount. It's not going to be what he got at Kentucky, and I think that's just something that they're um, considering. But, Anthony, I, I, if you're Oscar Shibway, you have a niche. And if you go to the NBA, I don't know how he couldn't be a 6-6 six and six guy for eight years in the league. You know, you're the – Second to last guy off the bench. You're in there for eight, nine minutes a game. The relief guy for the, whoever the starting center is, or maybe even the backup center. And you come in, and your job is to just go balls to the wall, as excited as you can be, all-out effort, just rebound as much as you can, get, get a couple put-back uh, buckets, and that's your role. I don't know how, how he wouldn't have a fit in the NBA Maybe not from a money standpoint, but a longevity standpoint. I could see it. 
Do you think there's any teams in the NBA that are worse than uh, – do you think there's any teams in the NBA that are worse than UCLA, Gonzaga, or Florida? Did you watch those games closely? Well, of course. But, Alabama. But Arkansas. Is the defensive intensity – is the defensive intensity – as impactful in the NBA as it is in, in college. Have you watched? <laughs> have you watched uh, Giannis? Uh, what's the dude from Philadelphia? I'm saying eight minutes off the bench. I'm I am fully that's aware. Be, that's, that's a, uh, he that's ain't gonna be, be guarding Joel Embiid. Sixteen point swing. He's not going to so be guarding Joel guard? Embiid. Whoever a the other team's four? third string center is. Four? Whoever the other team's third string center is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you you're, you. In, in what Oscar's minutes would be, you're just trying to buy time until your starters can get back in. You're just trying to stay above surface, and he's at least going to be a net equal. Like He's at least going to be a wash. He's going to produce on the one end. He's going to rebound his butt off. He's going to get, get you a couple buckets because he's going to work harder than everybody else. That's, that's, what, that's what his niche is. Yeah. For y'all people that can't see me, y'all know that, uh, that look that um – Shannon Sharp gives uh, Skip Bayless when he don't agree with him, when he, when he disagrees. That's what I'm giving Jack Pilgrim, that Shannon Sharp disagreeing with uh, Skip Bayless. <laughs> Look, I'm, man, I'm all for the Kentucky guys, man. I'm, 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 I'm for – I just feel like if his – I don't know what his, his end game. And a lot of people are saying that rather than go through what you said, I think you're best, better to go overseas. I kind of – I don't know how big Zach Randolph is, but I can see like you're saying, but I don't know if he has – I don't know. I don't see why he couldn't be a Zach Randolph, but for some reason, Zach Randolph seems to seems to have a little bit more something. Bismack height. He Biz, Bismack Biombo has been in the NBA for twelve years. He is six eight, two hundred and fifty five pounds. He has never averaged more than seven point four points in a single in a single season. Never averaged more than seven seven point or eight rebounds in a single season. Always and never above twenty-seven minutes a game. So you're gonna give him an Oscar spot. So, but, but that's what I'm saying. He's been in the league for take, twelve years. Take him a cut. He Oscar. was drafted in 2011. Cut him and take Oscar. And see, back then he was a first-round number seven pick. Like that—that that was a different type of NBA back then. I'm saying now, if you're getting that type of dude with the 53rd pick, and you can get him for low money, and you know he's going to just come in. Bismack Biombo is still playing. He he averaged 14 minutes this past year. 6'8", 255 pounds. I'm not sure if that's a correct comparison, but, I mean. If, hey, that's all I'm saying. If Oscar wants to do anything, he probably needs to hire you because you are campaigning like a mug. And I'm uh, I'm impressed, man. I'm Bruh. impressed by your. Right when my guy to the wheels fall off, baby. We got to hit a break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. Week that was really confusing. Chris Livingston announces that he's going to the NBA draft, but doesn't really say if he's like maintaining his eligibility or if he's he's even considering going back to Kentucky. Kind of just left it up in the air with his own statement, and Kentucky had to come back out and clarify that he is maintaining his eligibility. Do you have any belief that uh, Chris Livingston will be back for year two in Lexington? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that Kentucky clarified he's maintaining his eligibility, or they just put that out in their release, because I still didn't see any statement from Chris Livingston saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep it open where I can come back. I mean, I, I kind of got a feeling that, because he's got people too, doesn't he, Jack? Yeah, and they go by the name of Clutch, uh, the Clutch Sports Agency, which is uh, headlined by Rich Paul, super agent, and uh, LeBron James' best friend. 
Yeah, so I, I don't think Chris just kind of got up and said, here, let me just type this statement out and post it up on Instagram. And, n- and none of his people looked at it. So I think the fact that it didn't mention any chance about coming back to Kentucky or to college, I don't think that was an omission. So, no, I don't think there's any chance he's back. It's unfortunate because he, he is a dude with so such high potential and upside, and it, it just sucks to see uh, you know, not be able to see that unfold at Kentucky. It's just a, a shame. Uh, Anthony, assuming Chris leaves, what does Cal need to add in the portal? Uh, say you get Oscar Sheboy back, you have Ugo back, you have Aaron Bradshaw, the other freshman that Kentucky has coming in. What needs to be added in the portal for you to feel all warm and fuzzy about this offseason? We need a, a three-fourth. We need somebody who's bang around at the three, maybe can get a bang around at the four, maybe step out and play a little three. But if he's talking about playing two seven footers, that's always been our, that's always been our X factor at three, four, more to four. Cause we've always been pretty solid at the five and one and two has always been what they've been. It's been uh, that three four. So I will find a, either an athletic four or a Chris Levinson type guy who, who <laughs> wants to play the three, but, could play the four. Chris just wasn't willing to play the four a whole lot. Uh, it's unfortunate, Larry. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Reeves. He's a true toss-up. Depends on what his feedback is from the NBA. If he gets a deal that he likes, he's going to go. Uh, but he's also very open to coming back if the money is right with NIL. Um, what, what, what does Cal need to add for you to feel happy? I feel like a, there's a clear need there at the wing. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Jack, I'm not even contemplating it because the way I look at it, if I'm thinking about transferring and I look at the Kentucky roster, I'm pretty sure Wagner's starting. I'm pretty sure Dillingham's starting. I'm pretty sure Edwards is starting. I'm pretty sure that Bradshaw is starting. And if I'm not a center, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to start if I transfer to Kentucky. And that's not without even knowing what Antonio Reeves is going to do. So I don't think most guys transfer to come sit on the bench. So I'm not thinking they're going to get anybody that's going to be a great addition to them. They're going to have to roll with what they got, and the best chance is going to be to get Antonio back and then go from there. But I think we all know those freshmen coming in, they're going to start. I think it's going to be hard to find anybody who want to come in and transfer to set and come in off the bench. Yeah, that, that's a tough position Cal's in right now. You, you want to recruit your dudes back, and Antonio kind of being the biggest guy. But, man, if, if he goes pro and, and it, could, it could create a very uh, – uh, uncomfortable reality for uh, Cal to kind of close out the, the transfer portal going at, ending the spring going into the summer if there ain't dudes in the portal available then how are you going to fill out the rest of your roster it's going to be tough it, you got to kind of decide whether to go all in now or not um, I don't know we'll see we you have don't, you don't play but you don't play but people play but seven anyway so he's got seven I mean we're still assuming Damian Collins is coming back is that correct or is that changing? no I think yeah, I think he's gone I think he's in the portal is he announced? He has not, but I would be shocked if he is back in Lexington. Who is he waiting for? Well, if he's if he's, he's going to be gone, why didn't he announce then? I don't know. I'm not in, I'm not in this kid's mind. Uh, well, it, it's complicated around him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh well, we'll be back next Sunday. I appreciate all of our, all of our listeners. Uh, enjoy the nice weather. Hopefully, the rain uh, ends sooner rather than later. We we'll back then. Uh, it's been Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.